All right, you are listening to episode 85 of the Water and Stone Church Podcast. My name is Dita Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. And I am Jenny Randolph. Welcome back, or I guess if you haven't heard it, welcome welcome, front, welcome first. What? I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, I think that we're all still a little bit punchy because uh, it's Sunday afternoon. We're recording this. We always, almost always record right after we get home from church. And so... As you've heard me say before, I kind of leave it all on the field on Sunday morning, and so it's always a nice thing to be a little bit sleepy, a little bit, you know, kind of mellow about what's going to happen next, and I'm uh, I'm in that mode right now where we're sitting on the amazing orange couch here at Pinfeather Studios and just kind of relaxing, but we're also a little bit sleepy, admittedly, because yesterday we had a very big morning. We did, and you know, when you get up at 5 a.m. <laughs> for anything you know that that thing has to be important. That's a love test, right? It is. Yeah. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. we were we were up early because we did the Selma Mastery um, Ovarian Cancer Awareness 5K right here in downtown St. Petersburg. And we did that with, it was kind of a church thing. There was a, you started it because, well, I'm telling your story, but. Part well, of, yeah, part please, of it is please. with our women's group, we we really want to support each other. And there were a few of the women that were like, you know, I really just want to start moving my body. I want to have, uh, you know, we do. Like a self-care, weight well, loss, sure. whatever. And, and you know, we, we do a, yeah. talk about spirit, soul, and body. And it's really great to talk about your prayer time and, and you know, and listening and, and living this life. But, but honoring know, all three, we are, right? Yeah. We are in a human body and it really takes some care, you know what we put in as far as what we are eating and you know how we're moving it how we're exercising and just so that we can be all around our best selves Mm -hmm. right so a little bit of exercise is a really good thing yeah absolutely so we we kind of started it and um I signed up with a friend um from the women's group and she was there and this was her very first one and you know I have done so many half marathons. I've run two full marathons. I've done numerous 5Ks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, I've been running for 20 years. And, and it's, it's I got to tell you, I know too, that because I've done not nearly as many as you, but you've gotten me into that world. And I remember the first time I did one and it's scary and the sun hasn't come up yet. And where do I stand? And am I going to miss it? And what happens if I don't, yeah. if I'm not there and... Have I gone to the bathroom enough times? I think 700 is enough. <laughs> and, you know, that kind of, should I eat? Should I not eat? Well, And I recognize that a 5K is not a tremendous amount of distance. But, but if you've never it, done it before, right, for holy somebody moly. else, it's all, right, it's all relative. It might as well if, be a million miles, you Right, know? if you're stepping out of your comfort zone to do something that you've never done before, and she was, and it was really powerful. But, you know, you say you remember the first time. I don't remember my first time. I've done so many that I, I really don't. But it was so beautiful to you know kind of live vicariously through her uh-huh. and so she got done and I said oh do you how do you feel do you feel like you want to sit down and she was like no I feel like I want to cry and, and I it, remember and it that wasn't don't a, you it wasn't a sad cry it was a triumphant cry it was a cry of release and and a beautiful and it actually is is sort of what we talked about in the podcast last week mm-hmm. with Jesus weeping because yeah. you know I mean it's it's so neat that you have that moment of real connection of of that just that those tear those powerful tears well and i, you know, I love that, that expression yeah, of emotion man. and growth and just amazement at yourself and amazement of the world around well, you we're so. told to be unmoved right we're told that to be successful means you move other people around but they don't move you and that is so backwards 
if you want to be a whole person, that means a whole experience of life. And part of that is look for things that move you. And uh, so I love that feeling. And I still feel that way when you're working for something. Maybe you've trained for it or whatever, and you cross that finish line. They put a medal around your neck. It's like the end of the first Star Wars movie. Absolutely. Full uh, disclosure. That's what I think of. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. A little bit. I still don't know why Chewie didn't get a medal, but we won't talk about yeah, that. Yeah, it's a little it's, bit discriminatory, Yeah, isn't I don't it? like that. I don't like that at all. But there's, believe Whatever. me, the internet is full of fan theories about that. We'll get into that some other time. Okay. At any rate, oh, believe me. You, I'll <laughs> wait till we get done podcasting. I'll tell you all about it and you'll you'll wish you hadn't brought it up. But well, anyway. I know if, you know, you I know do live nerds. in this universe and I know some things. I know some things. <laughs> yeah. We'll trade, we'll trade things. shot first is all I'm trying to say. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's it's a wonderful thing to set yourself up to achieve a thing. And it's not hard to find something. I mean, you got to work hard once you find the thing, but it's not hard to find something that, that involves you putting yourself out there a little bit about doing more than the bare minimum. Anybody knows how to sleep in on a Saturday. What can you do to push a little harder at something that's going to move you, make you better, make you healthier, everything else? There's something incredibly beautiful. And along the way, we were raising money for cancer research and stuff like that. Pretty cool. Yes, very, very cool. I always like to do that kind of stuff. But now she's got the bug, and so she's like emailing me and sending us things about well, other races. Well, I don't know so if you caught it because I had the benefit of obviously because I'm standing at the front of the room, I could see everybody's faces. Mm-hmm. I said uh, to the group this morning, maybe we'll uh, put together a running club as part of the church. And uh, there were quite a few people who were interested in oh, that. Well, so, well, there you, know, you go. There watch you go. this space. You know, no promises for right away, but I think once the weather cools off a little bit, sure. maybe we'll start doing something like that. Well, my running, season, people, yeah. my running season typically is September through May. I don't run in the summer. Well, in no, Florida it's Florida. You that, burst into it's, flames. It's gross, and and I go inside and I. It's do right after else. Wabbit season, <laughs> right? Exactly. But no, I am very sleepy today. <laughs> I am in uh, currently in yoga pants and a, a light sweatshirt, um, drinking some carrot cake tea. Um, it's it's a rooibos tea. It's very delightful <laughs> with a little bit of local. I like honey. I like the description. And, um, a nice Roy Orbison tea. It's not Roy. Pretty Orbison. woman. It um, doesn't have glasses. Don't walk on by. Anyway, um, good stuff. Let's move on. Now we'd like to share with you our Sunday worship service for September twenty third, two thousand and eighteen. The title of that lesson is Breakfast of Champions. It is number eight and our final in the sign series of Jesus's recorded miracles. All right, our scripture for today comes from John 21, 12. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples ventured to question him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. Now, this is it. This is the end of the series of lessons we've been doing about the miracles of Jesus in the Gospel of John. This is the big one. And that's a funny thing to say because, I mean, think about what we have seen. The feeding of the multitudes and raising Lazarus and Easter morning and everything else. Walking on water, the whole thing. And the big deal, the the miracle, the end of Act 3 thing is brunch. But I got to tell you, man, this is what it's all about. There's something really powerful in this moment. There's something about you and me. There's something about how life is supposed to work. There's something about what we are allowed to expect from each other, from ourselves, from our world, how we're supposed to deal with each other. The whole thing is in this little moment, this little meal. This is 
the miracle. And among other things, it's really important because I'm pretty sure, not a historian, but I'm pretty sure that Jesus invented brunch. <laughs> now, this is a big deal. Brunch is the king of meals. You know this. If you know anything about me, anytime there's a birthday or Father's Day or what do you want to do, you get to decide what we do today. Brunch is the answer. It's the appropriate answer. And if that's not the answer you give, you are wrong. <laughs> I've always said that, that a man who goes to brunch is a man in control of his own destiny. Because there's nowhere else I got to be that day. Nobody gets to tell me what's going on. I'm brunching now. And I'm joking, but I'm not joking. This is important. Whole religious practices are based around the idea there's eggs benedict, and that's why we have Benedictine monks. It's one of those things. <laughs> Think about it, though. When you're brunching, you're serious. It's intentional. No one is multitasking. Brunch is the opposite of multitasking. You're not doing it for nutrition. You're doing it with other people. There's friends and family there. There's a moment of sharing. It's intentional relaxation. It's the balance. It's the mystery. It's everything right in there. And there's usually potatoes. And so it's got the whole thing. Kidding, not kidding. Because I'm telling you, if you want a life that works, if you're trying to figure something out, if you want to walk this path in whatever way, be the kind of person who brunches. Whether or not you have a meal at, let's say, 10.30, what I'm talking about is the idea of find a place you can go, physically or just in your heart, where you are serious and intentional about not being serious or intentional. We're all here in this moment together, and it's wonderful, and there's nowhere else we got to be but right here. Find that. Find it in your life. Have a brunching attitude about the way that you go to work, about the way that you're with your loved ones, about the way that you deal with stuff. Be really present so that you can learn what you need to learn so that you can move on. That's the secret to so much. Brunch is the key. Think about it. If you know your Bible, you know that what happens in that story, Jesus says to the disciples, hey, you guys are fishing. Did you catch anything? And they say, no, we didn't catch anything. And he says, cast your nets on the other side. And I mean, think about the other side of a small boat. It's not like it's a big journey. And yet they cast their nets on the other side, and there's so much fish they can't even pull up the net, right? You know the story. And if you know your Bible, you know that this is the exact story that also happens at the very beginning of all of this. This is how Jesus introduces himself to the disciples at the beginning. So think about what could have happened. Because remember, so here's what goes on. We have all of these amazing journeys and these amazing miracles and all of these revolutions and, and running away from the authorities and, and triumphing on Easter morning and everything in between. And the whole time Jesus is saying to them, you've got this magic in you. Go do something in the world. And the moment he turns his back, they go right back to fishing, which is what they were doing at the beginning. Now, Jesus could have said, really? He could have said, get your butt out of the boat and come here. He could have said a lot of things, but he just makes some food. And it's the same meal that happens at the beginning of all of this. It's the same thing. And there's something beautiful about that. You see, life is a poem. Life is a song. You know that quote, we shared it a month or so ago, that history never repeats itself, but it rhymes. And what that means is you go through the same things over and over again, but you're different. 
the same story. Maybe a different person, but the same kind of relationship. Maybe a different workplace, but the same work. Maybe a different whatever it is. And what changes is you. There's that beautiful poem, the rhyme of life. And like any good poem, the stanza continues, the rhyme continues, the verse of the song continues until it makes an emotional impact and then it moves on to a new thought, a new beat, a new rhyme. Life's like that. Your life is a poem. And when you're ready to move on, learn how to listen. Let it impact you. It's beautiful that the end of the story with the disciples is the beginning of the story. Because they finally get to hear something that they weren't ready to hear before. Think about that. Because I don't know about you, but a lot of people are dealing with a life that feels like the needle is stuck. You know what I mean? A lot of people are going through the same things over and over again. And it's easy to get so mad at a life that just is going in a circle. But you've tried getting mad at that. It doesn't work. The beauty happens. The revolution happens. We reach escape velocity of this orbit, so to speak, when instead of getting mad at it, we go, okay, I guess this is just what I needed to hear, and now I can move on. And amazingly, magically, and you know it because you've lived it, something happens, and all of a sudden, it's a new relationship. It's a new job. It's a new, maybe same job, but a new way of doing the job. You know what I mean? The behavioral imperative, the thing that you got to do is pay attention. You want to get to the next verse of the song? Pay attention. You want to get to the next level of your life? Pay attention. Mm, that's rough. <laughs> because we're told that if I'm really successful, yeah, thank you, I like that. If I'm really successful, if I'm doing it right, I get to not think about anything and the dream of winning the lottery or finally retiring or whatever at the end of the movie, the happily ever after involves, we just sort of sit still and I don't have to think about anything. And isn't that great? Nobody has to do anything. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that the goal? Isn't that what comfort is, is complete inertia? And I say, no, that sounds terrible. How long have you managed to really hold still? You want to punish a kid, put him in timeout. And yeah, I know there are some adults who would like a timeout, but if you would like a timeout, chances are your day-to-day -day activity is something that you don't like doing. That's the thing to fix. You know what I mean? The truth about you is motion and action. Here's the thing. You have nets. Everybody does. You are a fisher person. Everybody is, one way or another. You are constantly gathering. And what you gather in the nets of your attention, what you let into your heart, your schedule, your moment, your family, what you let in becomes a part of you. Just like when you eat something, it becomes a part of you. And here's the thing. You have no choice. Your nets are out there. You can't reel them in. It's just part of being a human being in the world. You have nets. The thing is to acknowledge it. The thing is to be okay with it. The thing is to go, okay, I am catching stuff. Maybe I need to pay attention and cast my nets on the right side. Did you know that you're allowed to decide that? And it's a beautiful thing when you decide, you know what? I've decided that I'm going to stop gathering all of this garbage and drama and waste of time stuff, and I'm just going to go right over here to the other side of the boat. It's all it takes. A 10-foot journey is all it takes sometimes. Just a little shift in perception of attention and intention and something changes in you. You've got no choice. 
about what happens, but you have a choice about how you deal with it. This is important. We all have this urge to consume, to eat, to have the things that go, around, go on around us become a part of us. Everybody's got that desire, and you can say that that's evolution happening, that that's Charles Darwin happening, and that's beautiful, and that's part of it, but it ain't all there is to it. Here's the thing that I need us to know together. You ready? Everything physical is just the tip of an iceberg. Everything physical is just a little shadow, and spiritual stuff is the sun. Everything that's going on around you in the physical world, in the factual world, is happening. We're not running away from anything. But if you want to fix it, don't get hung up on the facts. Find the truth below the surface, and you will have the way to make it better, to make it different, to learn the thing so that you can move on from the thing. That's why we don't talk a lot about the physical end of things. We're not into miracles for the sakes of the loaves and fishes, right? We don't say a lot about physical stuff. We don't really talk about energy and whatever and stuff like that. It's great if you're into that, but that's just the, if it's physical, it's just the littlest, teeniest part of it, and we're interested in bigger things. we got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> Sorry. But... <laughs> They're going to get worse. It is what it is. Your life is not physical. Your life is spiritual in nature. And I know that because you are spiritual in nature. That's the truth about you. And you know that because we talk about it all the time. The Bible is full of these moments where you go, you are a child of God. And people go, you know, I'm in, I have inherited all kinds of stuff. I have inherited these bad habits from my family, and I look like my dad, and I don't like that because not so crazy about the family resemblance or whatever it is. I was born into a socioeconomic situation, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on, and I have inherited all these things. All of those things are factual. It's true. But you're also a child of God, and you get to decide how much of that inheritance you take in. You get to decide how much of that family resemblance gets to show through. You get to decide, and only you. That's why I talk about choice so much around here. The whole thing is a choice. You get to decide what side of the boat your nets go on. You get to decide what happens next. And that means there's some pressure. <laughs> Sorry. But it means there's some pressure. I can't tell you how many times people come to me with that question whether it's on a Sunday morning or the things that people text in or the things that when I do my coaching and I work with people in coaching or one-on-one -on -one counseling or the calls I get or the emails I get, oftentimes it's really, if you boil it down, it's really one question. And the question is, how do I know if I'm doing it right? You tell me over and over again, I've got all of this power. I mean, there were people who were in the room with Jesus who didn't get it. And there are people who are in the most miserable situations and yet they find inspiration and they find what it takes to change the world. So it's all about the choices I make. So how do I know I'm choosing right? How do I know that, that I'm casting my nets on the right side of the boat? Good question. And that's why it comes up a lot. But like all good questions, the answer is baked into the question. How do I know if I'm casting my nets on the correct side? Check your nets. <laughs> It's not hard, really, conceptually at least. Sometimes physically it's challenging, but conceptually it's not hard. Look in your nets. What's in there? Look in your heart. What's in there? Look at the things that drive your attention and your passion and your life. What's in there? What gets your attention? Because that's what you're filling your net with. You get to decide, is this something that will actually nourish me? 
Look at your life. Look at your love life. Look at your work life. Look at your family life. Look at your life life and decide. Because you get to choose a life that feeds you. And if it's not, let's work together. Let's figure out something else. Because the universe needs you as functional as you can be. Let's get you there. Let's work on it. You have what it takes to make those kinds of choices. Decide that what goes in your nets is going to feed you. But that's really only step one of this process. Step one is acknowledge that you have nets and decide that what goes in is going to be good. That's really step one of this process. And a lot of people stop with step one, but that ain't enough. It's not enough to have stuff in the nets that, ooh, that looks really good. You can watch the Food Channel all day. It ain't going to fill your belly. You know what I mean? And that's part of the thing, though. I mean, we've got this... We've got this, this drive to, to be fed, to, to have something that we engage with. I mean, that philosopher, Descartes, he said, I don't know. I'm trying to solve this problem of who am I? Just like everybody's trying to solve that problem. And he said, look, I know that I'm real. I don't know what it all means, but I see other people, and they're different than I am. They look different. They think different thoughts. They behave differently and all of that, but they're real too. So it's not about what we do, not even about where we are. My identity, my existence comes from someplace else. And maybe even my senses could be fooled me. What if it's the matrix? He didn't say that, but you know what I mean. What if I'm a brain in a jar? You know, I, that could fool me too. So that's not it either. It's not the things that I feel. It's not the facts of my life. Who am I? And the conclusion that he came to is, you know what? All I know is that I'm thinking. The truth about me is I am this thing that thinks. That's really what you know about yourself. And in fact, you can't stop thinking. You can't. Try. Don't try. It's exhausting. <laughs> you could take seminars on it, and all you're thinking about is how much a seminar costs, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> you are this thing which thinks. You are this thing that, that needs to grow and interact and be fed and think different thoughts and break boundaries and move on. You are this thing that grows. That's the truth about you. Go and grow and change and be creative. That's that's what calls you and you know it because when you're doing that it feels so right it's because God's saying go do more of that you know mm. but a lot of people I don't know why but a lot of people have been told that you're not supposed to really do that I mean it looks good on paper but you're not supposed to create you don't deserve it who the heck are you you know think about every story of every hero you ever heard that's usually the beginning who are you to want to create because it's difficult and unfortunately, a lot of people believe that. But we still have that itch, that hunger, that need inside of us to create and interact and engage and grow and figure out what's real. But if I don't want to do it, I just have this itch, I find other ways to scratch the itch. So I don't really cross anything off my to-do list, but I find a really cool game on my phone that lets my brain get the same serotonin hit, so I think I achieved a thing. I don't really want to clean out my garage because... Yuck. But if I watch that show about hoarders, I feel so much better. <laughs> History and culture is full of ways to get the placebo dose. You know what I mean? There's so many ways to do the thing without really doing the thing. You watch the TED Talk, and I love TED Talks. I'm, I'm, I'm hooked on them. I could watch them all day, but I guess that's the problem. Because you watch the guy or girl come out, and they say this thing. They have the turns out. You know what I mean? Where they're, they're talking about a thing, and they go, turns out. It's almost exactly what we thought, but it's just a little different. That's every TED Talk. And you go, oh, you know, I always wondered about that. 
and you feel smart for a minute. And then they talk about some brilliant thing that they did, and they are always brilliant. But then the TED Talk is over, and you go, wow, I just watched smart stuff happen. I just watched it go right by. (laughs) Are you any smarter? Not until you do a smart thing. And so what I'm trying to tell you is I give unto you a new commandment. Thou shalt not settle. Not enough to watch other people be smart. You can start there. That's awesome. Don't stop there. Not enough to watch other people be creative. Don't stop there. Decide to do something else about it. Because I got to tell you, stopping with watching somebody else do it, deciding that reality is so scary I'm going to stick with reality shows, Stopping there is like filling your nets and not eating. What's the point? Step one, intentionally fill your nets with stuff that nourishes you. Step two, eat. (laughs) Thou shalt eat. Have something that feeds you. Decide not to hold still anymore. Decide that something going on right now is a miracle. We miss the miracle sometimes because... Oh, that's the downside of being children of God. Because you're made out of a miracle. Sometimes it goes by and you don't even notice. Like fish don't notice the ocean. They don't know about red tide. Fish don't notice the ocean. You know what I mean? Sometimes because you're made out of miracles, they don't register on your radar. Be intentional about that. And watch what happens to your life. Decide to eat. Because something changes when you just tuck in. Honestly. Decide to be fed. Decide on a life that feeds you and watch watch what happens. And I'm telling you that it can happen right now. It can happen right here. And that's a big deal because a lot of people are plotting their escape. If only when I win the lottery, I'm going to live life differently. I'm going to tell those people what I really think and I'm going to go far from here. If only I could meet that person. I've got all this love in my heart, but I'm keeping it bottled up until I find the right person. And then, boy, oh boy, when that mason jar gets unscrewed, look out. You're never going to meet that person because your love is a secret. Hmm. It don't work that way. Here's what I want you to know. What if, and stick with me here, what if there's no accidents? What if there's no room because God is everywhere? What if you are exactly where you need to be in order to get the lesson that you need in order to grow? What if you're right where you're supposed to be? And people go, yeah, but I don't like where I'm supposed to be. Okay, fine. You can run from it all you want, but until you face it, you ain't going to fix it. I'm not saying you're supposed to live in misery, but I'm saying the situation you're in can give you what you need in order to grow. You're not supposed to be in misery. You're supposed to grow. What if you're right where you're supposed to be? The other day, Jenny and I went to the doctor. Nothing's wrong. We just went to the doctor. And in fact, it was one of those things where we were in the car. We were talking about stuff, and it was so intense that we were talking about it when we parked the car. We were talking about it when we realized we were lost on the campus of the hospital where the doctor's office was. And we finally found where we were, and we were talking about stuff that was so intense. And we were talking in the waiting room, and it was just like this. It was like, wow, stuff's going on, and we're talking, and we're talking. And we were talking so much that we realized we both went into the exam room together. Okay, I guess we're both here. And you know how it is. You've been to the doctor. They, they bring out the, the tech. The doctor doesn't come because they're in the other room playing Candy Crush. And you're, um, <laughs> so you talk, to the, you talk to the technician. And I learned something a long time ago from my wife. It's weird, but here it goes. People are actually human. <laughs> 
And what I mean by that is it's so easy to just get your latte, to just get the paperwork done, to just move through the drive-through of life and not pay any kind of attention and just process. But you're not here to process. You're here to participate. And so I got to tell you, Jenny was leading the way on this, but we were talking way more than you're supposed to talk to the lab tech. Way more. And it felt right. I'm still, I got to tell you, I'm still a little bit sheepish about that. We were at dinner last night, and the, the server said, you know, your hair looks so good. And Jenny had a five-minute conversation, and Miles and I became very small. <laughs> I'm working on it. But I know how it's supposed to go. And so we were talking to the lab tech and talking to the lab tech and talking to the lab tech, and several times the lab tech said, you know, I'm not supposed to talk this way, but, and then blah, 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 blah. And what we learned is that she was going through some stuff. And she said, you know, I'm so glad you guys came in here together because I'm going through a divorce. I'm going through a really hard situation in my life, and I needed to talk to somebody. And my schedule and my life is such that it just wasn't going to happen. And here you are. Thank you so much. And it was just so beautiful just in that moment. And I'm not saying the Red Seas parted, but it was the beginning of a human moment, an authentic moment, a brunch moment. We brunched with that woman for a moment. And then we did the doctor stuff, and we went out, and you know how it is. You go to the table, and you fill out your paperwork, and you schedule your next appointment, and there's usually candy, which is why I go. <laughs> and the lab tech came out, and she said, I'm not supposed to do this either, but can I have a hug? And she gave my wife a hug, and she gave me a hug, and we found a way to let her know in that moment that, and she had shared some stuff with us, and we said, you know what? What you're doing is heroic. You're on the right track, and it's going to be Okay. Can you do that for somebody? What if you're exactly where you need to be? What if you're exactly where you need to be? Jesus fed everybody, and they sat around, and they ate, and he kind of said, how do you like it? Pretty good, right? And then he said this weird thing. He says, if you love me, feed my sheep. Okay, Jesus. And he said it again. Well, boy, later, the conversation goes on. He says, do you love me? If you love me, feed my sheep. He ends up saying it three times. Now, he says it three times, partly because he's got good reason to believe that if he turns his back, they're going to be back in the boat again. <laughs> but he also says it because, remember, this isn't a story about something that happened in the past as much as it's a story about you. It's okay, whatever you're going through. It's okay if you have to go through it a few times. Spirit will keep asking you the same question until you can deliver an answer that comes from your heart. And it takes just as long as it takes. Don't beat yourself up about it. It's okay. The poem will go on until you get the emotional connection and then you reach the next stanza. It's okay if it takes a while. For some people, it takes years. Culturally, we've been there since the Bronze Age and it's time. But whatever. Jesus will keep asking the question. If you love me, feed my sheep. In other words, when you eat something, you interact with it. It becomes a part of you. And that's beautiful. Let life become a part of you. But that's only step two. Step three is go feed somebody else. Give somebody something that can be a part of them. Are you doing that? Give somebody something that can be a part of them. Give the gift that you're there to give. It's up to them whether they take it. That's on them. Your job is to give. Can you give somebody something? Because a poem isn't a poem until you read it out loud. A story isn't a story until you tell somebody. A song isn't a song until you sing it in front of everybody. You are here to share your art, your music, your story. You've got something to give. The world changes, not when we go to a seminar or to church or to read a book or to listen to a tape that sounds good. 
That's just good going by. I'm going to get on the bus as it passes and take us where it leads. It's time to share something that's going to set somebody free. Because, after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. So, okay, we're at the end of this experience. Mm-hmm. We're at the end of the miracles. And like you said in the service. I mean, it's literally the last page of the gospel according to John. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're well and truly done mm-hmm. with the story. Yeah. Story has come to an end. You know, cue the music. <laughs> but I love. Except for that part at the end where Samuel L. Jackson, after the credits, asks Jesus to join <laughs> the Avengers. No. And Jesus says, yes. <laughs> yes, I will. And he gives him his little dossier yeah. and, and with his picture in it and all of the criteria that he has. Boy, you know, oh boy. His personality. It's a good uh, thing we don't really have a concept and... of blasphemy around here. <laughs> that went way too far. But anyway, <laughs> but like you said in the service, I adore that the story and the lesson in general mm-hmm. ends where it begins. Yeah, it's Love just... the idea that history rhymes. Love the idea that your life is is poetry and that you're you're going to experience the the similar stuff but it's you that changes not the outer circumstances. And that's Isn't I, that amazing? Well, and I isn't love that, that beautiful yeah. and isn't that comforting? Well, it should be. It should be comforting. I find it comforting. The idea that you know what and and just like I said in the talk, it's going to come around again. I think that there's such a feeling of what they call it, FOMO, the fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. There's such a feeling of something's going to go by and I'm going right. to miss it. But the truth is, if you really look at the history of humanity, it's going to happen again, whatever it is. The thing you have control over is, are you going to be ready when the ball gets thrown your way again? Mm-hmm. It's okay if you didn't figure everything out this time. You'll get there. And then you'll get yourself to another phase of all of this. You'll get to move on when you're ready. But it's not going to happen until you're ready, and there is no rush. Better to find a way. And I'm not saying it's easy. It might take some work. But better to find a way to find a little bit of composure, to find a minute of, you know what, I am really paying attention. I am really focused. But it's that as silly as it sounded in the talk, I really mean it. It's a brunch attitude. Think about how you are on a holiday when, you know what, everything's okay. There's nowhere I have to be right now, and this is a thing. The difference between the sandwich in the drive-thru on the way to work that is the attitude of most people's lives versus a good brunch on a holiday. Mm-hmm. Think about the difference in the way you feel, and we've all done that. And think about what it does to your digestion, what it does for your nutrition, blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying. Take a minute and be intentional so that you can really celebrate this beautiful poem of life. And if you look at, I mean, this is something that it's in all the stories. I mean, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, it, it's a big circle and it comes back around to where the return with the elixir, where the hero goes out and they have brought back this thing that helps the tribe. And it doesn't really continue until everybody knows and now they start the work. And it's every story. Like I said, in the talk, it's Nanny McPhee, it's Mary Poppins, it's the sheriff riding off into the sunset. It's this moment of, okay, finally, you are in a place where you can hear what you needed to hear the whole time. Finally, Dorothy, 
she if you told Dorothy at the beginning she could have gone home, she wouldn't have been ready for that piece of information. Right. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing. Yes, there's so many love stories where, oh, it's the person who was right next to you the whole time, but you're not ready to see it yet. You have to go through whatever it is. So you can hate that you had to go through it or you can go, wow, what a cool story. Here I am now. Absolutely. And, and as I was listening, I loved the idea of – you know that those personal victories, your personal stories, but it helped me to think of it on a larger scale. Okay. You know, the, the political climate that's going on, the social climate that's going on, um, the stuff that women are having to go through, the stuff that, you know, the black community is having to go through, the stuff that, you know, foreign people that are, that are non-Americans – um, are having to go through the, Im- the immigrants and everything like that. And and I feel like no matter what you choose to feel about that or how you see about it, you know that you have to acknowledge that there is something happening. And so mm-hmm. I took it out to a larger scale that, you know, I can relax a little bit because I get on fire about especially human rights Why things. can't we just be nice to why other Why can't people? we just be nice? And why can't we just find that compromise? Well, and the and Bible even says, remember, you were a foreigner were a at foreigner one point too. too. And that is so true. But, <laughs> but the talk today really gave me comfort because it it was for those areas of my life, um, I think I can go, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And if you've ever wondered what you would do if you're reading history, well, if I was in those person's shoes, I would have been the one to stand up well, and say something. Well, you're in your shoes. And you are in your shoes. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it does rhyme. And that that is even in the bigger picture as well. Um, so today I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do what I feel is right for me to do. No anger, no hostility, just standing up doing the right thing and knowing that this too shall pass, knowing that the victories are already done, you know. And we, in fact, it won't pass until, until you are until you attentional are and intentional. intentional. Exactly. You know? Attention exactly. and intention. That's exactly. what it's all and, about. You know, I have a little mantra whenever I need to release something or whenever I need to let anything go. And I, I probably have said it on the podcast before, but um, the battle is the Lord's. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. And I say that all the time. It's like, and that's kind of my... That's my version of let go and let God. Well, and it, I like you know, you. Well, of but, course, but, your but, version is a little more a little aggressive, and, aggressive and well, strong. That's my girl. But, you yeah. know, I mean, that's that's just who I that's am. That's who you are. It is what it is. Um, I don't make apologies. but Nor should you. But the battle is the Lord's. And my job is to do my part and to do it with, like you said, the the knowledge that this is already done. The truth is already the truth is already the truth. And um, the victory is already is already there. Yeah, the analogy that we're, we often are given, and I didn't think of it, I don't know who did, but it's been out there for a million years, is the idea of radio. Mm-hmm. Every radio station is out there. You only hear one at a time. Hopefully you've even turned on your radio. That's step one, I suppose. But you only hear one station at a time because it has to do with what you are attuned to. Everything's going on right now. Mm-hmm. God is going on right now. This on is all about, kinds of channels. Yeah, this yeah. is about you being ready and listening. And and I want to run down real quick. I said it during the talk, but I want to make sure everybody gets the it. The three steps. Yeah. yeah. Step one is acknowledge that you have nets. Right. You can't not. So resolve to fill your nets with stuff that is nutritionally sound, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to that. Step two, actually eat. Decide to be fed. 
by the things going on. Don't let them just go by. This isn't a reality show. Don't be numb to your life, right? Just pay attention to what's going in. Just don't mindlessly take things in and have them in your life for no reason. I mean, really think about why you do the things that you do, right? Well, and so many people, first of all, don't do any of these steps. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, even in quote-unquote progressive spirituality, whatever you want to call it, they do step one really well. I'm going to fill my life. I'm going to listen to the Darren Hardy motivational tapes. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to all of these seminars. I'm going to read all these books. And that's beautiful. It really is. I'm going to watch a lot of TED Talks. Very cool. I love that. Um, But... A lot of people think that there's some kind of osmotic reaction where it just sort of happens for you, but there's no vicarious unfoldment or atonement or whatever you want to call it. It's got to happen through participation. And so you got to get past step one of being intentional about what goes in your nets and actually let it feed you. Consume what you have. Let it become a part of you. And I think there's some fear around that because there's a self-esteem thing. If I if I let this become a part of me, then who am I now? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so people don't want to let anything in. But let it feed you. That's step two. And then step three is feed somebody else. When you are fed, whatever you're eating becomes a part of you. Are you giving people something that could conceivably be a part of them or are you just marking time? And I said it real quick during the talk and I want to double down on it. Your job is to be a giver of yourself, something that lasts, something that endures, a real truth of your being. Now it's on the other person as to whether or not they actually pick up what you're putting down. They may not. And it's not your job and you're not really even allowed to get upset if they don't get it because that's on them. That's between them and God. Your obligation to God is to give of yourself something that is true. And then everything else will work out. You will actually be listening to the song, the poem of your life in a way that lets you proceed past the chorus into the next verse. Now's the time when we check it out. And if you've made it to this part of the podcast congratulations (laughs) this is when we tell you where you can find out about all the things that we are doing best place to do that is our website waterandstonechurch.com head there you're going to see the next series that's coming up you're going to see um our men's group our women's groups you're going to see all of the service projects that we have and we do have them planned through the rest of the year yeah oh actually through no through January. Through January, that's correct. Yeah, so that's yeah, really great. Just, so we have October, November, mm-hmm. December, and January. So if you're interested in coming and volunteering with us anytime, now you have four months to plan ahead. Yeah. No excuses, you can come see that. So the best way is the website, waterandstonechurch.com. The second best way is uh, by texting I am ready, I A M R E A D Y. I am ready, all one word, to 84576. If you text, I am ready to 84576. You're part of our our, uh, information loop. And that's how you get our weekly newsletter, which has details on what we're doing. And for example, we had a beach activity yesterday that we had to cancel. Oh, let's say postpone because we are going to do it. Yeah, because of red tide around here. But Mm -hmm. that was the only way to let everybody know in an efficient manner. So it's a great way to find out what's going on. So do that. But also come follow us on social media. We're very, very active on Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter. We have a really cool cool Instagram account, by we the do. way. But if you go to our website and scroll down to the bottom of any page, there's links to all of our uh, social media accounts, including and perhaps especially YouTube. 
Yes, and we have two channels that you can subscribe to on YouTube. The first one is our official Water and Stone YouTube page. You're going to get snippets of Dieter's uh, lessons on Sunday mornings. Yeah, kind of and, a best of. And yeah, and you can also see um, series and talks and all kinds of things. Go go investigate it. It's really kind of interesting. We have we have all kinds of lessons, classes, stuff like that. It's it's a neat it's a neat place to go and find out. But the other one is called This Day, and that's my channel. And it's kind of all about spirituality and good vegetarian and vegan comfort food. So if you want kind of the combination, if you're if you're feeding that spirit, soul, and body and you need some good food, head over to my channel, subscribe to it. You're going to absolutely love the recipes that are going on. And it's not all kale. There is some, <laughs> there are some beautiful cakes and sweet things and really good dinners that you can yeah, make for your family during the week. Yeah, emphasis on the word comfort food. Yeah, This absolutely. is not, uh, you know, when people hear vegetarian, I think there's a set of uh, prejudices, let's say. And this isn't that. We talked about going to the website waterandstonechurch.com. We've talked about texting I am ready eight four five seven six. We've talked about our amazing social uh, media presence, including YouTube. And I want you to know that the best way, really, is to just show up. Be there on a Sunday morning. We meet every Sunday at eleven o'clock at Harbor Hall, which is part of the University of South Florida St. Petersburg campus. The street address is one thousand Third Street South in St. Pete. If you go to the website, there's maps and all that. But that's the best way, man, to be a part of this family. It's really something special. This podcast was recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the very comfy orange couch. And the leader and uh, commander-in-chief, CEO, chief cook and bottle washer, 100,000-foot-tall sequoia of a person (laughs) (laughs) of Pinfeather Studios is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She's half of the music you hear. She edits these podcasts, and she does a lot of other amazing things on a regular basis. The other half of the music is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph, and we're so happy for the two of them. Mostly we're happy for us that we get to be around them. This podcast is solely supported by you. And by golly, you know what that means. It means all kinds of things. It means you can go to the website and donate electronically if you want to help us keep the lights on. Please go check out that page on the website because one of the things you can do is shop at smile.amazon.com in such a way that it benefits the church at no additional cost to you. And we're seeing that people are doing that smile.amazon.com thing. Super cool. And we're really grateful for that. There's ways that you can support the church by telling your friends about us please repost retweet email somebody like us on facebook and all of that you can send a five-star review on itunes wherever you're listening to this podcast that's really great but i gotta tell you the best thing to do to help support what we're doing is to be a part of what we're doing and that means show up be there for one of our sunrise walks or our sunset celebrations be there for one of our men's groups or women's groups be there for one of our life-changing community service projects and most of all be there on a sunday morning at 11 o'clock be a part of this family we're waiting for you